Don't let a DUI charge ruin your life. Get a professional and confidential evaluation from our experienced team at True Heights Treatment. Our evaluations are accepted by the majority of courts in the state of Illinois and provide a comprehensive assessment of your substance use patterns and potential treatment needs. Get the help you need today and start your path to a brighter future. Contact us now to schedule your evaluation at 708-248-7039 or at thtdui.com. The George Brassy Podcast is made possible with funding provided from Brassy Global Strategies, LLC, a leading political consulting, public policy, government affairs, and research firm. Are you interested in running for elected office? Need advice? Call or email George, 708-769-5015. Brassy Global Strategies 1 at gmail.com. So glad to welcome to the podcast, Steve Tortello. Steve is the principal of Marion Catholic High School, but he's also the brains behind Warrior Wrestling. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, George. It's great to be here. I don't know if I'd call myself the brains, but uh, I'm definitely behind the production. If any, most people listening to this are probably not wrestling fans, but I am a major one, but I always mm-hmm. think you're the money mark behind. Yes, that, that is maybe a little bit more accurate. Steve, tell the audience a little bit about your journey in starting Warrior Wrestling. This is not necessarily part of your job duties as principal of Marion Catholic. No, this was not listed when I was brought on board uh, running the wrestling organization. Actually, it began outside of school. So I, uh, a longtime wrestling fan like yourself, and for decades and decades, absolutely loved it. And I've always in my life as well, also done quite a bit of show production and performance. So in, in high school and college, I was in improv and sketch comedy groups. In college, I was part of the group that booked and ran all of the major speakers and concerts and things like that. And actually for about a decade, from 0405 until 2014, before I became principal at Marion, I owned and ran a sketch and improv comedy company. So I've always loved on the side, in addition to education, which is my main passion and mission in life, I've loved performing and putting on shows. And I was in a bit of a drought for, for many years after we had closed up the comedy group. And I was thinking, gosh, you know, I really want to get back into making things, into working with my friends and, and putting on shows for, for people. And I thought, you know what, what if we got into independent wrestling? And, and I, I go to a lot of independent wrestling shows around the Midwest. I love them. I was like, we could put something like this on. And originally, my plan was to do it completely separate from the school. So, so never the two shall meet. They'll just be com- completely different things. And it was my buddy, Eric one of my best friends who helps run Warrior with me, who said, why don't you do it at the school? You know, you're not really that interested in making money. You just, you want to do something. Why don't you do it at the school? The money that you make, you donate back to the school. The school has the facilities. The school has all of the resources. And so I pitched it to, to my boss, the president of Marion, Vince Kredinsky, in December of 17. And Vince is always up for, for new or interesting ideas. And he gave us the green light. And in May of 2018, we hosted our first wrestling show at Marion. Wow. It seems like just yesterday it was the first wrestling show at Marion. I remember I was there. The The headline match was uh, Alberto Del Rio versus uh, Jack Swagger, right? Mm-hmm. Tell yep. me uh, um, a little bit about the evolution. How many 
events has there been since that first one in 2018? Great question. So uh, we have done 12 total. Uh, The one coming up this June will be our 13th. And essentially we've fallen into a pattern of we do about four per year, roughly one a quarter. And, um, you know, it has, as you said, it has definitely evolved over the years. So even just from a structural standpoint, the first five were all Marion activities. So it was run through Marion itself, hosted at Marion, all the money went to Marion. After the fifth one, we switched it up and created a separate LLC, essentially to, to protect Marion from liability as far as if anybody ever got hurt and or if a show ever lost money, the school wouldn't lose money. So we kind of split it off and created a separate LLC. And now the LLC runs the show and then donates the money afterwards back to Marion. So, so the structure has evolved, but also the nature of what we do has evolved. Obviously, last year in the pandemic, we were not packing 750 people inside of the gym at Marion to have a show. So what we did is we moved outside and we took an idea that had been um, bubbling for a couple of years to take the inside action and go put it out on the football field. And the the pandemic kind of forced us to have to do that. And what's interesting is so many fans and families actually prefer being outside, being under the stars, being under the lights, um, such that we're doing it again this summer. And even post-pandemic, we will likely do one or two of the shows each year outside. So there's that forced evolution. You know, necessity is the mother of innovation. Steve, tell the audience, you Warrior Wrestling's YouTube channel has been counting down the top matches of all time. What mm-hmm. is your all-time Warrior Wrestling? My favorite Warrior Wrestling match. Uh, well, I, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but I, I'll be willing to give it away. And I did not control the countdown. The countdown was truly voted on by fans, wrestlers, staff, referees, everybody. Uh, but my favorite is also the one that ends up as number one, and I don't think it'll be a surprise to anybody. It is the December 2019 match between the Rascals, Trey Miguel, um, Desmond Xavier, and Zachary Wentz, and the group called Chaos from New Japan. Rocky Romero, Amazing Red, and Will Ospreay, whom I believe to be arguably the greatest wrestler in the world. And, and Ospreay came all the way from Tokyo, Japan for that match. And it was really six of the most innovative performers in their field. And again, if you're not a wrestling fan, you know that might those names and, and these terms might not strike you. But think about any field. Think about classical music. Think about ballet. If you bring six of the best together who normally don't perform together and you ask them to raise the bar, that is what these six wrestlers did in that match. So because of how incredible the match was and because of what it represented. So many incredible people coming together. That's my personal favorite Warrior Wrestling match. Steve, um, you were at WrestleMania 37. Mm -hmm. Tell the audience what that experience was like. Was this your first WrestleMania? Was this a trip for you? And this was the first time pro wrestling had a crowd in a long time. Yeah, that? so I've been to a handful of them. I Actually, my first WrestleMania was when it was in Chicago. And, and for those, again, who might not be wrestling fans, WrestleMania is a once-a-year event. Uh, I, I have non-wrestling fans say to me all the time, oh, is there a WrestleMania this week? Just And they refer to it as any wrestling event. WrestleMania is like the Super Bowl. It is WWE's biggest event of the year. And so I was at a handful of them. I've, I've been to ones in Chicago, Detroit, New Jersey, Phoenix and uh, Orlando in the past, but I hadn't been to one in in eight or nine years. And as you said, WWE hasn't had fans since the the pandemic began. 
but the the event was incredible a couple of weeks ago. They ran in Raymond James Stadium, which is where the Super Bowl was. And the stadium holds about 75,000 people, and they limited it to 25,000 people. So there was social distancing was in effect. Um, you know, our seats, there was nobody in front of us, nobody behind us, nobody directly to our left or right. Everybody was in their own little pod. Masks were required. They had a full symptom screening on an app you had to complete before going in. Temperature checks at the door. They did basically what we did on the football field at a small scale last year. They did on the grand WWE scale. It was incredibly safe, incredibly well done. And, and I will just say it was thrilling to be back with a live audience again. You know, WWE is the industry leader as far as production and, and uh, entertainment value. So the fireworks show, the incredible set, you know, the set of the show or the stage where the wrestlers walk out was a pirate ship as tall as the entire stadium. You know, those, those types of things. And I, I, not only do I love wrestling, I love live sports, I love concerts, and I haven't been to them in a year and several months. So being part of that was really just electric. It was an incredible experience. And you could tell, even from being lined up with people outside of the football stadium, everyone was just buzzing. Everyone was just so happy to be there. And so it, it shows that you can do it safely. If you take the right precautions and you do everything you need to, you can do it safely and you can have those experiences again. Steve, you're a principal at a high school. Me and you are probably around the same cohort in our mid-50s. Mm -hmm. We grew up in the kind of a golden age of professional the 80s to the 90s to the 2000s is there an interest among the student population in pro wrestling these days and what do the students think of uh warrior wrestling great question it is very minimal there are maybe a handful of kids at the school who are wrestling fans wrestling is just not cool right now with the teens and 20-somethings uh whereas as you said you know when when you and i were 10 to 15, 10 to 16, you know, in the, the late 90s, Stone Cold Steve Austin and the NWO and everybody, every guy in my seventh grade through junior year of high school classes knew everything about every faction. A lot of the girls did too. Not the case anymore. Um, so we have a handful of kids that are very interested. And those kids, I always welcome to be volunteers and to help out. We've had some of those kids working camera crew. We've had some of those kids helping backstage with the wrestlers. If they're interested, we say, come on, come on down to the show. We'll, we'll help you meet these people, see what the show looks like, work on it backstage. But the vast majority of the kids, nope, they, they don't even have any idea. It's just something that happens over the weekend with the school, which, you know, there are so many different events and goings on at, at the school campus that the kids are none the wiser to. So I would say out of, you know, the student body, 95% of them don't even know it exists. Oh, that makes me so sad. Same here. Some of the great memories, like, but, you know, I guess it seems like the, the product that's being out there is it maybe not be as uh, enjoyable mm -hmm. as grew up. And, and now we sound like two old guys talking about <laughs> days. Um, well, and, and also so much has changed too in that when we watched wrestling in 98, 99, there was no smartphones. The, the internet was a fledgling little thing that had AOL and some websites on it. So if you wanted something different, something that wasn't the sitcoms that your parents were watching or, or 2020 or Dateline, you went to cable and here was this exciting live thing called wrestling. So I think a lot of people got drawn in just because it was this alternative. 
And nowadays, there's a million forms of entertainment for every particular niche of interest. So I think a lot of it is just that no one is stumbling upon wrestling. Like many people stumbled upon it in the late 90s and fell in love with it. Nowadays, you don't really stumble upon much. You, you, you know what you like, and you can go find a channel, a website, a YouTube stream, or something for the thing that you like, and then that's it. And, you know, another big thing is I, I, when you think about this, there's the WWE Network, there's Impact Plus. Uh, I think all, most of the promotions are working on getting their own streaming source. Back in the day, you literally have, had to wait till 7 p.m. on Monday. Mm-hmm. And now it's just you can get it whenever you want. I think that's a big, big difference from our generation to the current. Crowd. Yeah, and that's great for diehard fans because a diehard fan can watch a match from 30 years ago at 9 a.m. on a Tuesday if they want. But it, it takes away so – it's like everything, it's a positive and a negative. The positive is it's all at your fingertips. The negative is it's not appointment TV anymore. And that's true of most TV. It used to be that Monday night at 7 o'clock was a special time see any of the stars outside of that time so it made the time that you spend together special watching the show and i think now that has transitioned to the live events are incredibly special that's why i love doing wrestling live events and that's why i encourage anybody who even if you're not a wrestling fan go to a live event i'm, I'm a big fan of a lot of things but i tell everybody that wrestling and hockey are special live there's just something different there's there's something in the air and, and so, yes, wrestling has changed with the technology and the on-demand nature of it, but nothing replaces the live event. So if anybody listening is, is questionable or they're not sure about wrestling, go see wrestling live. And then you might not come out as impassioned as George and I are, but I think you will respect it and like it. Steve, you were so impassioned. You wrote one of your theses on um, professional wrestling. Tell the audience a little bit about that. Yeah, so I was an American studies major at the University of Notre Dame. And um, I did an optional honors thesis project. And I remember meeting with my advisor and saying, well, there's one of two things I want to write about, either Bruce Springsteen or pro wrestling. And uh, he chuckled and he said, well, everybody writes about Springsteen. He said, let's see what you have to say about wrestling. And so my major was like American history, politics, culture, literature, et cetera. Um, and so I, I wrote a paper about the history of pro wrestling from World War II to the present and basically analyze the way that wrestling mimicked cultural trends. So coming out of World War II in the 40s and 50s, you saw a lot of all-American hero archetypal good guys and foreigner bad guys who were purportedly you know, Nazis or Japanese generals, etc. And throughout the decades, you see what the stories are in wrestling and how they are mirroring the, the cultural moment that you're in. So for example, we were talking about the late 90s a few minutes ago, the big uh, anti-heroes of the late 90s were the NWO, Degeneration X, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and they were fighting against the company. And the NWO was fighting WCW itself. Austin was fighting against McMahon. Well, this mimicked what we saw in larger culture, whether that be in movies, books, etc. This was the era of Fight Club. This was the era of Jerry Springer. This was the era of Mike Tyson. So wrestling was not unique in that culturally there was a moment of pushing back against the norm this is the era of office space so so very much like the 1950s the 90s were a time of mainstream um, affluence and growth 
and then conformity. And then there was a group that pushed back. The artists pushed back against that. Wrestling did it just like movies and film and, and TV did and books. So um, that's that was generally the, the, the take of my thesis, that wrestling mirrors the greater cultural moment, the zeitgeist to what's going on. And that if you look at wrestling at any time, you can see what's happening in the larger culture. So that that was my uh, my thesis. Everybody loved it. It won a couple of awards. And I was just giddy that I got to spend so much time researching and writing stuff on wrestling. I often tell a lot of my colleagues in uh, politics that professional wrestling definitely prepared me greatly for the career of uh, elected office. So it definitely does mirror the zeitgeist in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, and, and even, you know, not getting into individual politicians or things like that too much, but former President Trump, who had been a WWE performer at a variety of times, you know, whether people love or, or hate former President Trump, there is a lot of what he did that is directly tied to things that he did in wrestling, because wrestling is about crowds. Wrestling is about understanding what's happening in the buzz in the air and being able to say certain things. So um, you see a lot of politicians who are very good at working with crowds and sensing that moment. The, the skills that they use are very similar to the skills that a wrestler would use. And so, yeah, it, it is very, very much um, two sides of the same coin. When you see somebody on C-SPAN, a member of the House of Representatives, going on and on, I always like to think, oh, he's out, he's out there cutting a promo. Yep, exactly. See, what are some matches you're looking forward to uh, this summer for Warrior Wrestling? Well, we have got, uh, and I will drop an exclusive. We're not going to tell the world this for a couple more days. The main event um, of the June show is going to be an eight-person match, a match we call a War of Attrition match. And it will be to crown our first ever Warrior Wrestling Lucha Libre champion. Lucha Libre, for those who don't know, is traditional Mexican professional wrestling. Now, I, after college, I spent a couple of years living and teaching in East LA and East Los Angeles. And I was uh, just blown away by the welcome of so many of the kids at the school where I was. That they did was they took me to genuine, authentic Lucha Libre in East LA. I got to go see Lucha Libre is, is the very ornate uh, masks and the flyers and the costumes and things like that. And I fell in love with Lucha. And so when we started Warrior Wrestling, we very specifically said, we want Lucha Libre to be a part of it. We think it's important. We love what it is. So in our first um, eight shows, we had luchadors from Mexico come to, come to Marian Catholic in Chicago Heights as part of our performances. Well, last year during the pandemic, travel wasn't a possibility. So in our four pandemic shows, there were no Mexican luchadors on the show. Um, and now that travel has eased up and people are getting vaccinated and, and things are generally a little bit more doable as we have better safety, et cetera, we can welcome travelers in from Mexico again. So we are thrilled to have eight luchadors who will be competing for our first Lucha Libre championship. And, and Lucha is the style of wrestling where if you're not a wrestling fan, Go watch Lucha Libre. You, you might not be impressed by technical wrestling. You might be a little bit off-put by brawling or, or hardcore fighting wrestling. But Lucha Libre is just beautiful athleticism and, and performance. And so our main event this June has an eight-person Lucha Libre match that I think is going to blow everybody away. So that is the match right now that I am just counting down the days till we get to share that with all the fans. Steven, I'm very happy, um, you know, to have Warrior Wrestling and to have Marion Catholic um, located in my district. 
I'm very happy to announce that uh, I'm going to give you guys a donation of three replica championship belts to raffle off um, at all three shows, and you guys can keep all the proceeds. George, I appreciate that greatly. Um, you know, for, for those who, who don't know, we do uh, these start where uh, folks can meet the wrestlers, get autographs, take pictures, et cetera. And at these fan fests, we're going to raffle off those belts and make a big announcement during each show. And uh, all the money goes back to the school, obviously. And, and we're really, really excited uh, to do this. So thank you so much for the donation. Uh, I think it's going to be exciting. And I think it'll just add one more sprinkle on top of the cake of what these shows are going to be. Absolutely. I'm glad to do it. Steve, the last question I always ask my guests are what are two books that you would recommend to the audience that have been important or influential to you as a person? That is a fantastic question. I'm going to do one fiction and one nonfiction. Uh, I'll start with the nonfiction. There's a book called Switch by Dan and Chip Heath, the Heath brothers. And it's all about behavior. I read it in, gosh, 2009, 2008. Um, and I just pulled it off the shelf at a library. I saw it when I was at the local library. This was in LA. I saw it at the library. I, ch I checked it out and read it. And it was just all about how we can direct our own behaviors and how in any group, group setting or leadership setting, we can help direct the behaviors of others using um, really simple ways of thinking about things. And, and, it, and it's just really helpful and practical. So the book is called Switch by Dan and Chip Heath. And as far as a fictional book, I would recommend, this might sound cliche, it's an oldie but a goodie, uh, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn is, is my favorite novel of all time because I believe it is so sincere. Uh, Mark Twain is, is one of my favorite Americans. He, he, for those obviously know him as an author, he was a humorist, he was a comedian, he was a speaker, he was, he was just this genuine person with a really witty and honest take on life. And he has some really, really, really funny books, but The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn is a deeply honest, it's funny in parts, but it's a deeply honest look at America and, and what America does right and wrong. And um, the, the protagonist, for those who might not know, because people might know who the character is, but might, might not know the, the story, Huck Finn helps Jim, who is a slave, escape. And they, and they travel down the Mississippi River. And Huck has been conditioned his entire life by the racist society in which he lives in Missouri that he is committing a grave sin by helping Jim escape. But Huck believes that it is the right thing to do because this man is, is, is obviously being tortured, being held, etc. And so Huck decides that if by doing the right thing that means I have to suffer and die in hell, well, then all right, then I'll go to hell. And, and it's just, uh, just this beautiful moving story of how a 14 year old kid can get it right when at the time the country was getting it so wrong and so i would recommend switch by dan and chip heath and i would recommend the original the adventures of huckleberry finn by mark twain steve where can the audience uh, learn more about the events at warrior wrestling on the internet our website is warriorwrestling.net we are also on all major social media platforms at at Warrior Wrestling with no vowels in wrestling. So it's Warrior and then W-R-S-T-L-N-G. That's Twitter and Instagram. We have a page on Facebook as well. We post all of the information about the shows, merchandise, other things like that in all of those locations. So please follow us. Check out the website. And again, if you're listening and you're not a wrestling fan, give it a chance. Saturday, June 5th, we are right here in Chicago Heights at Marion Catholic on the football field under the lights, under the stars, 
Kids are free. Kids 16 and under are free. And so adult tickets start at $30. It's BYO everything. So the field seats, which are $45, um, bring your own lawn chairs, blanket, food, et cetera. Make it a picnic night. The kids are free. Come on out. Enjoy the evening. And I promise you, you will walk away blown away by all of the majesty that is professional wrestling. I can totally agree with it. And I can't wait to uh, attend myself. Steve, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks, George. It's a pleasure to be here. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Help George stay on the Chicago Heights City Council. Go and donate today at tinyurl.com slash aldermangeorge2023. Begin to transform your life and work towards inner peace with expert psychotherapy. At True Heights Treatment, our experienced therapists provide personalized, compassionate care to help you overcome life's challenges and reach your goals. Whether you're struggling with depression, anxiety, relationship issues, or other mental health concerns, our team is here to support you. With a warm and welcoming in-person and virtual office atmosphere and a commitment to person-centered and evidence-based treatments, we are dedicated to helping you address your life's challenges. Contact us now to schedule your first session at 708-248-7039 or online at trueheightstx.com. Book your appointment today and start your journey towards a happier, healthier life. Need more George? Like his pages on Facebook. Friends of George Brassy PAC? Fifth Ward Business Alliance, Chicago Heights Bicycle and Pedestrian Resource Center, and the George Brassy Podcast.